When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every week, Mondays and Fridays, wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we will return for a special week and a special episode covering the NFL Draft, coming up here in the not-too-distant future, plus Game Source, plus also as well the great folks at Lakerholics.com. Please check out the latest articles today at Lakerholics.com from Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet, who is pretty sunburnt from what I hear from attending the Angels game. So we'll see if he can make it on here. But also want to go ahead and mention our good friends at Lakersball.com. Joe Soro is not going to be here tonight, but hopefully he'll be back on with us on our next episode. But when you get a chance, stop by Lakersball.com and say hi to Ox1947, a.k.a. Joe Soro, plus all the great things that we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. And if you can support all of that, Plus, we're good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, while the Lakers are still on summer vacation and the playoffs are going strong, we'll update the playoffs here in a little bit. We're also going to be talking They Call Me Magic, which just dropped this past weekend on Apple+. Plus. Is it worth your time to catch up on everything magic? We'll let you know our thoughts there. Plus, also, Winning Time, Episode 8. Is it as good or as inviting or as, as biting as it has been? We'll talk about that coming up here in a bit as well. But first off, while the Lakers are on summer vacation and are always the source of much conversation on social media and everything going on there, Twitter, Facebook, it's all come alive with trade proposals all over the place. People all over have had their say in regards to who they think the Lakers should trade for, who they think the Lakers should trade away, and what kind of maneuvers the team should make. That's so funny because I have a source that told me the other day that they saw Rob Palenka out and about with his wife going to have dinner or something. And my response to that individual should have been, 
needs to go back to the right now, back to the Staples Center and start working on some trades for the Lakers. There's no time to eat, no time to eat because a lot of work has to be done over the course of the season. But there is a lot of proposals that need to be taken care of. And here today to talk about some of those crazy trade proposals, he might have actually put out a few himself. Good man indeed. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, over the course of years, I've always had some fun with your crazy mm. trade proposals. It is. Remember, I, 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 I do like I do like out of the box ideas. Gerald. Yes, you do. Remember, I've yeah. called you. I have called you crazy. That's, Tom, ha- that's half the- of the fun, and that's half of the fun of it is. Yes, really something yes, it- that that. Uh, Gets people has logic up. behind it, has logic behind it, but but isn't what you expected. I've seen a few of your posts at times over the years, and the comments below it, you know, people <laughs> want to you know think you're crazy and all that. There's I've always you, two sides to every trade. This is true. This is true. It is a good man indeed. I have called him crazy Tom in the past, but please go ahead and check out his articles today and also at Laker Tom on Twitter. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Great to have you here, my friend talking some crazy trade proposals i want to start off and say that you know what it is when the lakers have a bad season like this they just explode out there as far as people thinking they can go ahead and throw that out there i've always thrown out mine out there Uh, you know i've told you the one that i'm so famous for on this show as far as the one that i thought that should have gotten done for derrick rose Markeith Morris and Christian Wood, who was not the Christian Wood at that time. And I really thought the Lakers should have done that one. Mm-hmm. And I think in hindsight, they would have been better off if they would have done that one. But that's neither here nor there. But there's some great trade proposals and some not so great trade proposals out there. We'll start off with one I found on the internet just now. And most of them are going to be centering around the same things over and over again because you know when you don't have many trade assets you really got to go ahead and just repeat a lot that's out there but the one that sticks out to me the most obviously starts with russell westbrook i did see one with russell westbrook taylor horton tucker and two future first round picks the ones that you are always so ready to give up that goes to indiana from malcolm brogdon and buddy healed i think somebody is just smoking something when they go ahead and propose something like that you have to look at the trade situation in two ways. The first is that the Lakers have very few assets that are really worth anything. And what they really have are two assets. They have a $47 million expiring contract of Russell Westbrook. And that's very valuable for teams that want to get rid of long-term deals and, and take a hit for 47 million for one year and send a hundred million dollars and, long-term contracts to the Lakers, for example. Uh-huh. So to start off with your, these are the teams that the Lakers are going to find a deal with. And then there's six teams that really fall into the category of having players on long-term contracts who are rotation quality players. They may be overpaid. They may be injury prone, but they're rotation quality players that are a huge step up from the minimum salary players that the, we surrounded LeBron and AD with in the past. And those six teams are are the Pacers and the Hornets, who are the two big favorites because they're the most logical candidates. Then there's the Knicks and the Pistons. And then last, there's the Rockets and the Thunder, who have some sort of, of deals that aren't as attractive as... There's three tiers. The first two tiers, obviously, the Hornets and the, and, and the uh, Pacers, because they have... 
they have three guys on each team. They have first off, they have two guys on each team that the Lakers could probably trade Russell Westbrook and one draft pick for. Uh, and they could get two guys on each of those teams. Both of both of those deals will include somebody who's injury prone. Uh, from the Hornets, it would be Gordon Hayward, and 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 from the Pacers, it's uh, it's Malcolm Brogdon. Um, but you probably also get Buddy Heald along with Malcolm Brogdon, and you can probably get Rozier along with Gordon Hayward from the Hornets. So you've got those two deals for two players, and if you throw Horton Tucker in the deal, then just because of the nature of the way that matching salaries work. You can get a player who makes a lot more money than you could in trading Horton Tucker straight off. So you want to include him in the deal. And that would have let you get a third player, which could be, you know, uh, Miles Turner in the case of the Pacers, for example, or it could be P.J. Washington uh, in the case of uh, the Hornets. He's a young forward who would be insurance in case uh, Gordon Hayward got injured, for example. So you don't have a player who could back him up, so to speak, because we don't even have a starter at small forward. So you've got a whole set of those types of deals that, that are all. And the thing about those deals is that the, the players change, the draft picks change. There's all sorts of combinations of bringing a third team in. Um, but I really think that there's going to be a deal made between one of those six teams um, for Russell Westbrook. I also think that if they do not make a trade for Russell Westbrook, then that they are going to wave and stretch him. They're not going back well kenneth stone says he's sorry but he thinks the lakers will and should keep westbrook kenneth first off i appreciate as always you watching my friend truly truly cannot thank you enough for doing so and everybody out there on youtube or wherever you're watching and listening out there for us i don't think they should keep westbrook i think they will have to keep westbrook because they have no other choice because they won't be able to unload him right away my personal feeling my personal feeling is that they will not be able to unload them until the trade deadline next year when there are teams that are really desperate to go ahead and grab that cash. I really think that's going to be the case. Well, the other thing, in some ways, and this is one thing that I've been sort of fearful of because of Rob Belinka's decision-making in the past, there is, there is a pathway that says it's a smart move by the Lakers to keep Russell Westbrook and not even play him, just keep him and keep that contract because they'll be able to get something for him for sure at the trade deadline. And even if they don't get anything for him at the trade deadline, he lines up perfectly for them to open up around 25 to $30 million in open cap space, which they could use for one star or two or three players. So it's one of two or three different routes that the Lakers have to rebuild their roster. The ones that I obviously hope we're going to do are somebody like the Hornets or Pacers, because that's a one-shot deal. You make a deal with one team and you make the trade and boom, you've got two or three starters. The second ones, which are doing deals with the Thunder where you're getting back this huge trade exception and so forth, then require a general manager to make a whole series of other moves afterwards in order to turn these pieces into something else. And I'm a little less confident of Rob Palenka doing that type of situation. And then there's a third situations, which is, Waving and stretching, Russ, and and also what waving and well, listen, there's Kenneth has some points to be made there because if you wave and stretch, Russ, first off, you get under the cap. You get under the cap enough that you can probably re-sign Monk for ten million dollars, and you still have the ten million dollar taxpayer MLE and the BA four million 
to use to add other players. So you've got a chance there to add a whole bunch of players who aren't at the same level. And you got a $37 million, a $47 million expiring contract that comes out. So that's, it's, it's a funny thing because there are pathways to do it. I want the pathway that's simplest for somebody like Rob Polinka not to screw up. And the other pathways, each one of them, as you get further along the line, become complex. They're the kind of pathways that, you know, that they make a movie of, you know, uh, about somebody doing such a great job in that summer. That would be or a, a television series on HBO Max. Yes, exactly. Uh, I will say this: uh, I would not wage, wave and stretch. I'm sorry. I, mm-hmm. you've just got rid. You just got rid of. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've I've heard two or three. I've heard yeah, two or three. Stop listening to Lakers Nation. Stop listening to Lakers Nation. You know that we won't have to do that. We won't have to do that. They're on drugs. They're on. There drugs. are trades. There are, are trades. Drugs. There are trades that are going to be so beneficial for teams and I'm just that are looking to get that. rid of the cap space. You know, they want they want to get rid of salaries. Uh, but waving and stretching Westbrook uh, is not the answer, especially when he's only got one year left on his contract. In fact, Kenneth Stone says it was one year. I get it. I get it. Westbrook is not the worst player in the league. LeBron went to Miami with D Wade and Bosch and didn't win his first year. The second year with Westbrook. I'm sure it will prove more valuable if the Lakers could stay healthy. There won't be a second year with Westbrook. Kenneth, I'm just going to say he played like he was the worst player in the league the first half of the year. Uh, and, and just statistically, defensively, he's awful. Even if his offense improved, as it did over the course of the last four weeks, it was still overall, again, what you get on the defensive side. I wouldn't, you know, if you're, if you're stuck with him, I, would, I could live with him coming off the bench. But that's, you know, maybe 15 minutes a game. But I think that's probably the best we could do, especially, again, the fact that his contract, the longer we keep it, grows more valuable. And even if we're stuck with him for another season, the fact is that $47 million comes off the books, but you're still stuck with it for this season. So it depends on how fast the Lakers want to get rid of that salary. They could essentially get rid of that salary this summer if they try hard enough and they give much away. But if they don't want to give that much away, they could hold on to it. And like I said, by the trade deadline, there's going to be a lot of teams that are not heading towards the playoffs that will want that $47 million real badly. And I'll tell you something else, though. Even if they end up having to do that or decide that that's the best option, Russell Westbrook's not going to put that uniform on again because he won't play for the Lakers. He won't play for any of these teams that he's being traded to because he's going to end up buying out the contract because nobody's buying – Nobody's trading for him for anything but his contract. Yeah, and, you know, and uh, and then the yeah, other thing is too, and I've given a lot of thought to this. You know, we've had you and I and Joe have had this discussion numerous times about what the heck was wrong with this team because their play, their level of play and attention for the talent that they had, which was not championship caliber talent, no doubt, but for the talent they had, they just did they underperformed, and to me when you come down to it and you look at everything that's happened this season and all of the various things that have influenced this adversely, the injuries and so forth, a big, a really big hunk of the blame in my mind comes down to the mindset of Russell Westbrook and how that infected the entire team. I think a lot of the turmoil that we had on the bench and the turmoil that we keep hearing about between players and so forth. I think a lot of that came from, just the pressures that 
the Westbrook trade put on the roster, the coaching staff, the other players. So I don't, I don't think there's a chance in the world that he wears a Lakers uniform on the court again. I don't share that same type of deal. I think with the Lakers luck and the, a lot of people know that the Lakers are desperate to get rid of him. There is the possibility that they might throw nothing but junk at the Lakers for the entire summer and that the Lakers might have to go ahead and bring. They have to West play him. Uh, does, you could do a John Wall thing. Yes. Again, I still yeah. think if you're stuck He's with him, play you, again. you play again, you play him off again. the bench. For me, that's what I would do just to, as another body up there, just to go ahead and get you some minutes. But, Kennison says, sorry, he's not buying it. End of the day, this is nature of the beast. No matter what sport or extreme task, you know more in a second time or go around. The Lakers' second season with Westbrook could be amazing if they stay healthy. I beg to differ on that, Kenneth. Not going to gamble again, one year of LeBron James' career. And he's also a lot yeah. older now. He's not yeah. getting any younger. He's not getting any more athletic. He's not getting any better on the defensive two side. Two years left. Two years left to win a championship with LeBron because he hasn't signed that, that extension. So that's going to be a very interesting thing as we go along. does he, or does he not sign the extension? And what do the Lakers do if he doesn't sign the extension? This is Raphael from NBA draft junkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers fast break. Check out what's been going on with the pop culture Cosmo show and the PCC multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. I've got another crazy trade I wanted to throw at you. I wanted to go ahead, and this one I saw on Facebook and one of the great Lakers groups that we're a part of as well. So thank you so much to Facebook groups out there that allow us to go ahead and, and put this on the air. One of the trade proposals that got, also got a lot of interest, I should say, is Westbrook THT and a first to New York for Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, and Evan Fournier. I would absolutely just be incensed at that because the fact is Evan Fournier is good one game out of five. Kemba Walker's got a bad knee and is over the hill. And Julius Randle is absolutely even almost, he's almost as bad a fit as Russell Westbrook is on this team with LeBron and AD. Absolutely would not be a good trade at all. Plus just you're giving up a pick, first. Just one draft pick? Just one draft pick. As I said earlier, there are three tiers the Hornets and the Pacers are in the top tier. The second tier is the Knicks and the Pistons because they got some players that I'd like, that the team would like. You know, it doesn't happen to be the ones that they want to get rid of, though, because they want to get rid of Fournier and they want to get rid of Walker. Uh -huh. um, and and frankly, I think that they should want to get rid of Julius's contract because it's a brand new contract that doesn't even start till next year. I mean, it's not the Julius. Well, it's not, well we uh, that was what a lot of people worried about. Like myself, was his career year last? Yeah, season, it was an outlier. It was an outlier, yeah, and then we were kind of worried problem. about that. It looks like an outlier now. So the Lakers. Yeah. The only thing that's good about that trade, to be honest, and and it is something that is valuable to do, and why it could be a fifth or sixth choice for the Lakers, is that it breaks up that forty-seven million dollars into three contracts that are more tradable. Yeah. And and some players that have some utility, and and you can flip these guys. 
Yeah. You can extend that trade to be a three or four team trade, um, or you can flip them individually without aggregating with another player for another player. So there's some flexibility that you get with them, but you probably don't make that deal unless you've got a second and third and fourth deal lined up of what you're going to do. Cause you'd probably don't want to, you don't want to play Walker. He yeah. can't play on a team. We're going to get a coach that's going to be defensive oriented again. And you just can't play a guy like Walker in, in that situation. He doesn't have the lateral quickness anymore. He can't move. Correct. Uh, correct. And so, but, but, you know, you're probably, it, it just depends. You're not going to take those contracts because those contracts are for, that's well over a hundred million dollars that you've got, you know, for several years. Yeah. So the Lakers, the Lakers aren't going to do that. And that's probably one of the things that, that was the reason for the fight that they had during the all-star break, you know, where LeBron was, was sort of like saying that he wasn't going to stay with the Lakers and so forth. And then all of a sudden everybody was hunky dory and everybody had made up. And I think they all talked about various things that there's a limit on what the Lakers are going to do. They're not going to put themselves, especially if LeBron doesn't commit to the, to the, to agree, tell the, tell, if he doesn't tell them that he's going to sign the extension, my personal opinion is that the Lakers should seriously consider trading him at that point in time, because their okay. only way of building a cha- their only way of building a team a championship team around him and AD is to take back contracts, contracts that will be that if he doesn't agree to sign an extension, we would be foolish to take back. Because he has value, and so does Anthony Davis's trade. I mean, we've you both we've seen the trades that are out there. To, to, to offer LeBron James for the next two years a championship opportunity with LeBron James or Anthony Davis, you'll get a lot of draft picks and some very good young players. If he does not extend, obviously that changes things. Yeah, and I think it, I think it does. Now, I, also, I think that the, they hopefully have agreed upon this already, but they just don't want to talk about it because teams are getting fined now for doing this stuff ahead of time. And I also think that the Lakers should at least explore or listen to calls and Anthony Davis, just because of the fact that again, when are we going to go through it? When do you think we're going to go through a full healthy season with Anthony Davis? It's really been proven. We'll only have one year to do it. That's going to be next year. Cause if he doesn't stay healthy next year, he will get traded. Well, but that's the thing. You could get offers for him now in advance, or if yeah. you do, just listen. Not just better, listen to the call. Not a better fit. There's not a better fit next to LeBron. Yeah, but if LeBron doesn't sign, there you go. That might well, change things as if well. If LeBron I'm just doesn't that, sign, I'd trade both of them. Yeah, well, there you go indeed. But before we go ahead and But that's hit not going to happen, but that's just, you know. Well, before I wanted to go ahead and ask you on a crazy trade proposal that you've seen, or maybe that you've asked out there for, in, in, as far as on at Laker Tom on Twitter, I wanted to mention one team, and I mentioned this before, and that was Atlanta. They're about ready to get defeated in the first round by Miami, and I've told yeah. you that before. They don't have salaries that 100% match up, so you would probably need a third team involved in this, but they would want to give up Danilo Gallinari. But the individual that you could get is Clint Capella. The reason why I say that might be a good fit on the Lakers, because I think he would do a lot of things that Laker Tom likes as far as on the defensive end, on the rebounding, as far as the block shots, as far as providing an interior defense. No, he doesn't stretch the floor, but he does give you the hustle, a lot of offensive rebounds and the like. And he is on the hook for another four years on his extension, which I know Atlanta would probably want to get off of because of the fact that they have Onyeka Okongwu, who is playing some considerable amount of time. In fact, he just played in crunch time again. 
for mm-hmm. Atlanta. So that's something to think about that Atlanta is going to try to go ahead with the, you know, cause they've already had a roster where they thought they had too many good players on their yeah, team. And they had a disappointing year. Yeah. And they had a disappointing year. So I see some changes there. And one of the teams they may reach out to just because again, that Russell Westbrook contract is enticing to get $47 million off yeah. the books for next season. That's just one name that they might want to get rid of as far as that's concerned. So just keeping that out there. I'm just throwing it out there. But Laker, Tom, has there been any trade proposals coming your way or anything in mind that you're getting a lot of interest well, the from? Only, the only one to? that I – there's a couple of things to bear in mind that the biggest decision that I think that the Lakers have to make is whether or not they need more size. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And, and, frankly, it's positional size. They need size at every single position. Because when we won the championship, we had a 6'6 six, six and 6'5 six, guards. Mm-hmm. Not right now, we've got a 6'3 and a 6'2 guard. Well, that's really hard to, and that's a lot of difference in height and, you know, to handle in that situation. And then, and then the same thing with the forwards and so forth. We don't have any small forwards. We're playing six, four guys and sit with six, six Stanley Johnson, for example, is the best that we can do it forward. So there's the question is, do we, we want to add the size at small forward, which is where we need it. If we're going to play LeBron at the four and 80 at the five. Uh-huh. Or do we want to bring in a center, a la the suggestion that you just dropped in that last trade, or the Miles Turner thing that I've always been obsessed with of getting a, a stretch five center? Do you want to bring a center in and put your size at that position and move AD back to the four, LeBron back to the three, or flip them this time? They played the three and the four last time, but LeBron's older now, so maybe AD should be the guy playing the three and chasing around shooters. So you, the Lakers first have to decide which way they want to go because that depends who they're going to go for. Now you got two first round picks. You could go if, if, if you decided you wanted a small forward and that was it. Jeremy Grant's out there. And I bet with two draft picks and the Russell Westbrook contract, you could probably get him. There you go. Well, Kenneth said he wants to reach out to us. So Kenneth, I dropped the link to the video in chat. So if you want to come and join us on video, we're more than happy to go ahead and finally meet you because you've been so great on our chat. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. A couple of things that at Laker Tom on Twitter has been dropping are some interesting trades about Russell Westbrook going back to the Washington Wizards. That's a pretty well, funny you know, one. That, what's interesting about that trade is, again, remember, if you want to qualify for the Russell Westbrook trade train, you have to have some bad contract, you know, like $25, $30 million that you want to get rid of. Like Porzingis. <laughs> you know, there you go. Thirty-six million dollars a year. That'd be very um, interesting. Although he did play well for the Wizards in the short time. He yeah, was and listen, I, I've always, I still believe that one of the, the reasons for getting and getting going big with a center rather than a power forward is to get Anthony Davis not playing the five, to get him back to where he can just close games and play the five in the playoffs, and all of the rest of the year put him at the three and a four. Don't put him on there to bang against big guys where he can get hurt. Just sort of, you know, let him coast the rest of the year. And then bring in players who are better so that you don't have to burn LeBron and AD out during the regular season, which is partly what we did this year. Yeah, I just, again, I don't think that if the Lakers are going to go ahead and make a trade, I, I'm not as confident as Laker Tom as far as getting something done this this summer, but if they do get something done this summer, it's going to be for someone that has an injury history. I'm convinced yep. that 
whether it's Malcolm Brogdon or no, Gordon Hayward or overpaid, overpaid contract, on a long contract, possibly yeah. injury history, or coming yeah. off of an off year like Buddy Heald. Yeah, it was an off year for him. Absolutely. So it's going to be someone like that. The Lakers yeah. are not going to get someone magical. Well, you're not, that's you're going not, to get the rookie of the year or the no, that's man, what... the most improved player of the year. Well, that's what I'm but saying. These, but these, but here's the other side of it. These players that we're talking about are rotation players, genuine, legitimate rotation players. They are making between you know ten to twenty million dollars per year. They're not the guys making a million two that are minimum salary players that sign 10 day contracts and stick with a team. These are guys who, who earned a contract because they, you know, they performed. Now, maybe they got overpaid for the contract. Maybe they're not at the peak as they used to be, but they're a big step above the quality of players that we've surrounded LeBron and AD with so far. And primarily because we spent 47 million. So in every one of these situations, we're taking that 47 million and breaking it down into two or three players who, can actually have an impact and play on a team that are better than anything we're getting for minimum salary, other than maybe Malik Monk, who's really been a great bargain for the team. Absolutely. I'm hoping Kenneth Stone can actually come on the video so he can join us on that. Love to hear more of his thoughts. He's a, always been a great part of this show as far as from the Facebook chat, so hopefully he can make it on. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Before we hit up winning time and they call me magic and the NBA playoffs, one last thing I want to go ahead and touch on again. I really do think that if the Lakers are not able to trade Westbrook, I do not think waving and stretching is the answer. I want to say that is the worst possible scenario for the Lakers if they wave and stretch. And I understand what you said about the salary cap, but to be stuck on $15 million a year that you cannot do anything with for three years is really not that smart. You know, it's interesting because originally there's nobody supporting this. Now I just I just listened to a, a, a podcast with Eric Pincus on it, most respected Laker capologist out there. And Eric was basically saying that, as a matter of fact, his last article, it was the last option. And the reason for the option is that it allows the Lakers still to have a pathway where they can add three or four players, including Malik Monk, uh-huh. who are more than minimum salary players. So that's uh-huh. a big deal because that's really the difference making it that that's really the price we paid for putting all that money and resources into Russell Westbrook because it just eliminated all the options we had other than other than the 5 million we spent on we spent on Kendrick Nunn which we all know what happened to that money. So you know that was just a we don't have anybody helping LeBron and AD, but guys that are minimum salary players to get players that are real rotation players will make such a difference in the team's performance. It will. It will. But I'm again, I'm not as optimistic as you are that they can unload the salary during the summer. But if, again, if it does stay on the books to the trade deadline, I really think that the Lakers can unload him then if they want and they will have a much larger marketplace for it by then. But here today also as well, again, he comes from the chat room. All right, great to have you here, Kenneth Stone. Kenneth, can you hear us on the air? Oh, I heard something there. Kenneth, you with us? I, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, awesome, awesome indeed. Love technology. Mm-hmm. I don't, hey, I don't know if you can see me, but I can hear you definitely. 
We are. We can now see and hear you both. We can now see and hear you both. It just took a second for uh, technology to catch up, but great okay. to have you here. Cannot thank you enough for watching and being a part of the chat. We'd love to have you on continuously awesome. on that. So you're awesome. most welcome. Thank uh, you. You're, you are an ardent supporter. I will give you credit, 100% credit. You are an ardent supporter of Westbrook. You have been this whole entire time. We love the fact that you do support him. I know that Joe, myself, Tom, and, and so many others have lost faith in Westbrook. It's just so sad to see where it's gone with Westbrook from what he once was to what it is now. But your yeah. thoughts on Russell Westbrook, you were such an ardent supporter of his, and you think the Lakers should keep him. Please, just you, this is the platform for you. Go ahead and let everyone know why that is. Well, honestly, first of all, I want to thank you guys for letting me on here. First of all, people can hear me and see me because I've been following you guys for a minute and like you guys have given like major intellect and just, you know, sideways, you know, just extra perspective according to like, you know, our other outlets towards the media, ESPN first taking all those things undisputed. So when I, I watch a game, I hear you guys, it's like, I got to like, my, the icon clicks up on my phone. I'm like, got to hear what these guys are talking about. So I want to give you guys, you guys are doing an excellent thing right now. I want to give you guys the props it. for that first and foremost. I'm um, blushing by the way. I just want to let you know I'm <laughs> blushing. Uh, yeah, you guys are doing excellent things, but I think uh, to take it to another perspective, I would say, in my opinion, because obviously we've all followed Westbrook. The whole NBA world knows what, what Westbrook has done on OKC when he's when he went to Rockets, when he went to the uh, the Wizards. But to be on a platform like this with LeBron James and the Lakers, and then like what I was saying in the comments, my point was because we've seen all these NBA players, everybody has skill, but Westbrook, we can't deny that if he gets it right with the Lakers. If he gets it right, and this is the second time around, I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. The Palenka, the uh, the upper room of the Lakers right now, I think their last thing they're thinking about right now, especially if LeBron right now gives an okay to Westbrook staying, minus the money, they're waiting more. I think we got to roll the dice and think to ourselves, well, if they – let Westbrook grow for any asset, would it be more productive or would it bring them a championship or even help them get that close comparatively if they keep him and he does get it right because he's still capable of so much athleticism. And this is the first year. Look at the Brooklyn Nets. They didn't get it right the first two years. And look at them. They're down 3-0. And they have arguably what the quote, the the, the best backcourt in basketball. So if they can't even get it right, um, my point is, how are we going to expect so much more on LeBron and Westbrook and, and AD with the unhealthy AD, but say if they all got it right, or if it was even, they even made the playoffs or play in, we will be talking about another different story right now. Even if minutely they even got here and they were just still playing bad, but they still got there. We wouldn't be bashing Westbrook so much. So he still has value. That's my point. That's my point. Uh, with, Here's a good with, question. Here's a good question for you. All right, I'm listening. If nobody was injured, gotcha. LeBron, LeBron, they would at least be in the first round injured this year. At least, Easy. where would this team have ended up? Well, I, tell you, I don't you think, think a Lakers team that play has off. a, a healthy well, LeBron, Tom, and a healthy AD, and a healthy uh, well Westbrook, he's still been pretty healthy, and in the even the, their bench players. So, I think the overall perspective, especially being a me 
being a LeBron fan and Lakers fan, when you think about the Lakers having LeBron in the playoffs with a healthy team around him, we didn't see that this year. But if they had, hypothetically, what you're saying, if, they, if LeBron had a healthy team around him this year going to the playoffs, they would have been dangerous. They would have been dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. The, problem, the, only problem is, the problem is that you even if you could argue that they could have they could have been a lot better. There still was questions with the fit, and and that the biggest thing to me was I, I've also been listen. I I'm a UCLA alum. I I, I love Russell Westbrook in UCLA. I followed him all the way through. I've always appreciated and loved him. And even though I wasn't originally in favor of the trade, I jumped aboard it just because I felt that if I thought LeBron could pull it off, you know. And, <laughs> And injuries and other things got in the way, but Russ didn't end it well. You know, he didn't see, he didn't show the self-awareness that I had hoped he'd show. Yeah. I think that you got so many other things. You got Rob Palenka, for example. I, I don't see Palenka not making, not, not, not eliminating this mistake because he made the mistake of Nobody else is to blame. You can't blame LeBron for his recommendation. You can't blame AD for his recommendation. You can't blame anybody for that. Rob made the calls, and he's he's at least right in saying that he he deserves. He's the one responsible. Yeah, so I don't see how you know. As I as I said earlier, I think the whole thing is is Russ's fit just mentally at this point in his career with the team, and it's a shame because. Hey, where you know where I think he's going to end up? I think he's going to end up going to buy out and he'll end up with the Clippers so he can still be in Los Angeles. There's a lot of, I think, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of business wise, business wise, there's a lot of trades that are going to happen in off seasons. I, I obviously, let's get past the cliche of like whatever any team, but I think when we're talking about the Lakers specifically, and we're talking about Westbrook and we're thinking about the assets we can get for him, and then let alone it's not about just dealing him away like he's just like a fish off the boat. You know what I mean? Like, he still has value that we want returned for him. We want stock exchange returned for him. Like, like before when he was at uh, the Wizards and for the Rockets, they were saying, well, the, the whole world was was arguing if Wall, John Wall and Westbrook was an equal trade. But, you know, saying they still didn't do that. But still, like, right now, if we conclude, what, what could we really get right now for Westbrook? that is going to help LeBron, let alone, I mean, we saw spectacular. I've been on here. We we talked about spectacular performances by LeBron, and we didn't have AD, and we didn't have, like, all our other bench players, but this is another year that – all right, I'm going to keep it. If we, keep, if we get rid of Westbrook, who, who player that you think we could trade for that is going to, like – the, the Lakers are going to get to add or equal his his athleticism, no matter how anybody. bad he's been, or there isn't anybody, or points wise, or points a game, or just like his how spotty he can be. But if that's going to fill his spot, that we can actually equate it to being like this was worth it to do. Why don't we keep him? Well, what if you could get Malcolm Brogdon, Ooh. Buddy Heald, for 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 Mal- Malcolm Brogdon, Buddy Heald, and and Miles Turner for THT and Westbrook and two draft picks. So, 
I ask you guys, can you don't know, like what if like if so we look at percentage wise, we got a hundred percent Westbrook all day on the Lakers, a hundred percent. What do we really need for him? Do you think he could play that role? We're like, well, maybe some nights we don't need the ninety percent from you or ninety five or eighty, and like we only need you to go for a nice little like fifteen, seven and five. You know, I think that would be enough. But like, I think because Westbrook was plugged in the hype with LeBron and the Lakers, I mean, this is 17 championships. Westbrook has never been under this amount of money, amount of pressure and scrutiny. I, I don't think he has ever been. We, When he was on OKC, I remember games, I never hear about Westbrook until he's got a triple-double. But so I think it's weighed on him. So, But I think this second year, like I was saying, my point was it will provide him a second year to just, you know, Get, gather himself. They have evidence of what they did last year to build off of and construct. And I think, I just think, don't think it's worthy enough to just let them go this quick. I don't, I just don't think so. Well, let's see what we can get. That's what it'll come down to. There's nothing better. Uh, there's nothing yeah. better than Westbrook right now. Like if they could, if they could trade for Westbrook right now, I would say they should do it right now. Well, I hope I just, I'm else, sorry. I'm I, hope sorry. That, I hope there's a general manager out there that feels the same way. Well, first off, again, Kenneth, it's great having you on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I follow you guys every time it pops up. And uh, yeah, I, I respect everybody, everybody's point of view, yours. And uh, as we do yours, I'm only I'm only going off voice here because I can't really see much. But uh, you know, what I'm there's the other guy. He bashes LeBron. That's and I would like to get That's at. Joe. I would like to get at him. But like, yeah, this is all. I just want to do it for all fun and you know, just for sports purposes and uh, you know, keep the language right. And you, I'm, I'm a fan of you guys. I'm glad you guys are doing this man for just you know for just the common folk like myself man well I, we appreciate you watching and taking the time to go ahead and check us out each and every time and again just let me know your information because i would love to have you being part of our regular rotation of people yes, sharing sir. their thoughts on the air yeah, I will say, like, you can't come at my dog like that man. well yeah, with yeah, russell yeah. i'm just gonna say i'll go by statistics when they all were in the lineup together they were only one game above 500 now, mind you, of course, with all the injuries and, the, you know, we have to factor that in there. And the only time they really played well, they only played on the le- on a handful of times. They only all played well in the same game less than five times as far as all three of them right. having 20 points in line. That to right. me is an issue right there. But the fact is with Russell Westbrook, yes, we all talk. You talked about his athleticism. But his defense, to me, has been something since the beginning of the year. People ask me why. Laker Tom was wondering why at the beginning of the year, why I didn't like that Westbrook trade from the beginning. And I said the three-point shooting and the defense were going to be an issue with him. And because he's statistically, for the amount of shots he's taken, the one of the worst statistical three-point shooters of all time and his defensive rating is not that good either so that's really I, mean, I know he's he's got so much better as far as the layups on the last three weeks of the season he really did a better job as far as driving his penetration you were right on that but there are other gaps in his game that we didn't have the resources to go ahead and make up on like okay we know Russell can do this but we know he can't do this the problem is Rob Palenka he didn't get players that could supplement and offset those particular points of contention with Russell's game. I've been watching and hearing the media. I think I'd go more on into, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rob Parker, but he was saying that uh, somehow between all the teams and injury that this, this uh, season as an NBA whole has been cheated. 
I can kind of agree with them to a sense like that because particularly talking about the Lakers, like if they weren't cheated from injury, and a lot of teams have been cheated. I mean, Middleton is injured right now but on the Bucs. But I'm just saying, like, as an example, Russ technically hasn't been implemented into the Lakers with the – say an AD that's going to last all season LeBron that didn't go out to some crazy injury because somebody landed on his ankle so he could technically have a better chance we're all talking about numbers and chances opportunity like as an overall Lakers season we can there could be arguably you know for the sake of conversation that Westbrook still hasn't been implanted in the system or environment where he had the best chances to, to succeed like so if we would have had saw that as a Lakers, maybe they'd have got eliminated from the first round or second, but at least we would have saw that, but we didn't. So the fact that it was still held back and the Lakers, they were, they were supposed to, we exceeded them to be the, what they were top two, top one and two in Vegas to be, you know, proceeded to win the championships as favorites. You know what I'm saying? So obviously nobody thinking that for no reason, <laughs> like, like, they had a chance, and I think that as a perspective, like, he got speed, he got movement, he got agility, he got – and he was far less injured as as far as a Laker comparatively to the others. Like, he would have had a better chance to prove himself if he still had a better Lakers team and it not just being his fault. Very good point, indeed. You have some great thoughts. Again – You never saw that. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll see something materialize. Because like you said, if the Lakers trade for Russell Westbrook, and Laker Tom admits it too, that if they do trade for Russell Westbrook for something during this offseason, it's not going to be something that's, unless like Laker Tom. It won't be be convenient. It it won't be the Indiana stuff. I I don't think they get all of it. Jordan would trade Rozier for Westbrook. That would be crazy. I I don't think. I wouldn't do that if I was Jordan. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that. Well, with with the, the only thing I mentioned with Jordan is that the fact that Charlotte has never paid the luxury tax, so right. they've got obviously Ball and they've got Bridges, who becomes a restricted free agent because they didn't extend his rookie contract. They declined the option like idiots, and he became the most improved player of the year. So they've got now. They're now stuck going ahead to have to match whoever whatever the highest bid for him is. And with when it comes to ball, you know you're going to have to sign him to an extension in the not too distant future. Well, so. yeah, hey, they can pay Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook forty seven. I mean, there's a lot of people worth that out there. Oh yeah, you. Well, that's what I'm saying. But though, <laughs> them and the New Orleans Pelicans have never paid the tax. So whether or not Jordan is willing to go to the tax, we're going to see right. in the not too distant future, one way right. or the other. So, so basically, my conclusion is, yeah, after the second season, if it did not work out or by trade deadline, then I would be like absolutely grew. Absolutely agree. Everything you guys were saying is absolutely right. But I think the, I think the Westbrook deserves, you know, MVP, triple double king, at least one more shot. I mean, we know in sports you gotta sometimes take the second jump, and you know I think LeBron understands that. I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if they keep Westbrook. I'm sorry, I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked either. I really think that the Lakers I would will try. <laughs> I think would be but- shocked. Yeah, I would be shocked. I, I wouldn't be shocked because I because really of the pressure it's on the pers- organization. It's nothing, it's nothing personal about Russ at all. It's just that you can't go back and do the same gamble that failed last time. It just Rob Blink is not going to do that. The Lakers aren't going to do that, and Russ has not greased the sleds so that it will be easy to do that. Right. Um, that's the difficult part about it. That 
that is hard, you know, and, but I think that there is a, there's a silver lining for Russ in yeah. that. The only reason, for example, that, that the Rockets are willing to trade John Wall for Russell Westbrook is that they're confident that Russ will buy him out, will buy himself out, that he won't just be willing like John Wall is to sit out the season. Yeah, and so also, it's, it's more business than basketball. Actually, yeah, and also, than, also yeah. too, he can probably get $10 million if he's bought out this summer. He can get an MLE contract because he's definitely worth that. The reason teams don't want him as a player now is $47 million. It's not I because mean, he can't play. Can we argue that he's not worth that much? I would say the at least we would have is a Lakers Sure, because almost nobody is at the end of their contract. We would at least know, like, yeah. we tried. After one year, you can't say that you tried. Well, I don't. I don't, don't without bet any AD, money, don't bet any money on it, Kenneth. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, but, I hear you. Uh, you know, listen. You know, I I wish not, I wish Russ nothing but the best, man. He's the greatest defensive guard I ever had ever saw at UCLA. Gosh, where did that defense go? I honestly think you know it's like wise, it's sort of like, like the free throw shooting. He shot. Do you know that Russ shot eighty percent? or greater from the line for the first eight years of his career. And then all of a sudden, when LeBron was on the heat, he had uh, Udonis Haslam. He had Chris Bosh. When he, when his return back to Cleveland, he had Tristan Thompson. He had, he had pretty good centers. I think with AD being out and Dwight, I mean, it doesn't seem like Vogel even paid attention to Dwight Howard or well, when they had, had Jordan uh, in there for uh, half Jordan, a year, starting uh, and like, up minutes. This is the been most the inc- incomplete power forward center that LeBron has ever had. I, I would, in my opinion, well, he's look, never... at the, look at who we've got. We've had, I mean, the centers that they have brought in have been horrible. They, I was all for getting rid of Dwight and JaVale, but I wanted a modern center, but I didn't want, I didn't want one that was 40 years old. Um, JaVale McGee was nice. He was, well, he was JaVale, nice. You know what, what's, what's so funny about JaVale and, and all of these guys is JaVale actually didn't have a good year that last year with us. He, he had a very tough year and, and lost his starting job. And Dwight really basically took over that position. So that's why he didn't come back. But we have just not respected any of the centers. I mean, Drummond, Jordan, what, what kind of, you know, and Vogel playing and starting Jordan for the whole season made no sense at all. I agree. Um, yeah, you know, and and it's all it all was just sort of like one jinx season. You know, there's you could argue you could argue that we could have won a championship if it had been healthy. You could argue that like you have like you have well done, Kenneth. That that Russ deserves a second chance. That you can't really judge. Well, got to be objective, happen. you know. And and there's all the that. there are also financial reasons to keep him and and then have forty seven million dollars in cap space all of a sudden because that tie, that happens to tie exactly when LeBron and AD would be done with their contracts. So we'd have only one contract on the books, which would basically be the two of them. We'd have nothing else. True. Well, what the and media needs to not sign thirty million dollars worth of free agents. So. There's all sorts of different options. I don't think we'll get to that point, but I think that at least everybody should have some confidence that there isn't there isn't just one way that we can be successful coming out of this whole thing. We yeah. can get a trade that would make it. 
we might be able to wave and stretch him and and then bring back a whole bunch of players, including Monk, that we couldn't have kept otherwise. Or we might bring, we might be forced to keep him, and maybe by the trade deadline he'd be doing so well that we might be talking about an extension. Who knows? I hear you. At the end Who of the knows? day, I think uh, the conclusion is like what the we've seen as the history of LeBron when you put the best pieces around him as an organization that are the best chances that they have to win a, a championship as long as, as well as LeBron. And I think I, that's what we have in this last problem, season. The Lakers did poorly the at that. They did poorly at that. We'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, I tell you what, you guys have been tremendous on this episode. I'm so blessed to have both you on. Kenneth, you've just been tremendous indeed. Before we head on out, guys, because 52 minutes just flew by like nothing. Just been great hearing you both. Once again, Kenneth, again, the the red carpet for you is open. If you want to come back, again, just shoot me your email, and I'll make sure that your, your invite is out there. A man who has... I think you have more uniforms than I got on Laker uniforms. <laughs> I think you beat me on that. There you go. I've seen you. I've seen, seen. Absolutely. Because I got six. And I got six. No, I got, yeah, I got six. So I'm pretty that's deep. what I got here. So pretty yeah, deep. There pretty you go. Deep. Absolutely. Got some great stuff there going on. But before we head on out, I did want to say that I did get a chance to see They Call Me Magic on Apple+. Plus. And it's just by the numbers. It's a Magic Johnson approved stamp of approval on it. It's nothing that people out there that are familiar with Magic have not seen before. It gives a recap. It's a nice, for someone who isn't familiar with Magic and wants to get to know Magic, it's great. Absolutely great. The four episodes, four hours in total. Only thing is, like I said, if you were looking for something more salacious or you're looking for something more, you know, uh, any dirt on that, you're not going to find it because this is all stuff that Magic wanted, wanted to go ahead and let you know about. I do like the fact that when he goes ahead and he talks about his relationship with his son, EJ Jr., uh, EJ, I'm sorry, the third, yeah. that he was really very open and honest about when EJ was coming out as gay, I really liked that part of the the show, that whole series. Again, it really starts clicking there. It doesn't talk about any of the wild things that, that would happen with magic behind the scenes. As far as the concern, it doesn't talk about any of the wild things after his, his many retirements like Scandinavia, when he went to Europe and did that stuff, or I don't even think it touched on his coaching. And if it did, I just, it blocked out of it. Maybe it blocked out of my mind because he, he retired three times, but it's a really solid by the numbers documentary. And if you want to go ahead and check it out, it's there for you. Again, it's it's just magic straight up. It talks about his, you know, what his business ventures. And it's really something again that that if you want to know the good side of magic as far as everything that he's been about, why he's been an inspiration to so many people, it's a great watch from that standpoint. But it's not gonna do it's it's not gonna bring any new 
real revelations if somebody's looking for that uh, you know if that's that's concerned i know we, after eight episodes now of winning time on hbo max i know a lot of people are like oh i want to see this side of magic i want to see that side. well this is going to show you the magic and it's not even like the last dance where the last dance had some stuff in there that people yeah. were talking about that had everybody talking this is just a straight four episodes of this is magic this is my life with magic johnson i think that's probably the best way to say it so yeah, I mean, if, if you really are a Magic fan, I recommend it. If you want to know more about the man and how great he has been, it's a great watch. And that's there. Who you could go. not be a Magic fan? Well, right. you know, there's there's <laughs> some people out there. We won't we won't talk about that. But yeah, it's it's again, there's the the celebrity guests that go on there to talk all glowingly about Magic from former presidents. I was surprised that Bill Clinton was on there, Barack Obama. Of course, you had Jerry West, you had Larry Bird. You a had, lot of notables. Yeah, a lot of notables. You had uh, Charles Barkley. You had the whole thing going on with Michael Jordan, of course, talking about that as well. So, yeah, just, you know, again, very good tribute to Magic Johnson. It is no frills as far as putting anything out there that he doesn't want you to know about. So it's just a very, very good documentary, very solid by the numbers. And there you go from there. But before we head on out, Winning Time, Episode 8, just got finished of it before we went on the show. Kenneth, have you been watching Winning Time at all? I know. <laughs> I haven't. I work a lot. You know what I'm saying? I, I try to, you know, I get home and I watch basketball, then I tune into you guys. But, you know what I'm saying? Hey, just before I go, I want to tell the people out here, if if LeBron was still in the playoffs and he was playing like KD is right now, he would be brutalized. I just want to yes, tell so people sure. that. Uh, he would agreed. be brutalized. He would be punished right now. Twitter so would have KD a KD off the hook because that's what they're going to do. What about KB? What about KD's burner phones? What about his burner phones? I think KD is right now. He's really, uh, I don't know. I think at this point when LeBron was at that point, they were saying he's old. I don't know. Maybe he needs to learn oh, more. They want to come LeBron back and prove they're the only team who could come back and win four, three. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. They're not can't doing beat it. the odds. What is 173 series to zero or something like that? Yeah, I don't think it's going to KD is being shut down like he's never been shut down before in his life by the Absolutely. Boston Celtics. And, and, and I've watched every game live, and I'm just like, LeBron, I, I just want people to give KD the same heat. That's all it is. That's all it is. Agreed. Agreed. Because if LeBron it. went zero for 10 in the fourth quarter, yeah, he would – Oh my gosh! It would it'd be breaking news off over CNN. Yeah, I'm telling you what. That's again very astute right there for you. And Twitter is at least doing what they can to go ahead and show KD some uh, real angst over there. For I know that's uh, a lot of stuff going on there. There's a lot of funny memes when it comes to KD. Right? Well, you now know, KD's Twitter. the best player in the game right now, so that's what they. Uh, he should be doing way better than that. Well, that's, that's what some the people standard hold against LeBron. Tatum's playing like a, a lot better than him right now. That's for sure. Yeah, just make LeBron hungrier. Yeah, hungrier. The Celtics as a collective unit are playing fabulous basketball yeah. as a team compared to the Nets. It's just apparent. It's just it's yeah. it's just apparent. It's yeah. worrisome that they might get they might get eighteen before us. <laughs> oh, hey, come on, man. Come on, we got no, the king no. on our side, man. We got the king no. on our side. I've been rooting for him against the Nets, and, and my wife told me that I was making a mistake. <laughs> oh, God, don't say something like that. No, don't say the that. king don't on our side. That. Don't say that. You don't He's want still that. the king. He's still the king. 
Yeah, that he is. That he is indeed. So hopefully we can get this done. But Kenneth, but you've been awesome. You can't awesome. win if you're not playing. That's the problem. You can't yeah. win if you're well, not Well, you know, playing. Jordan, 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 he was still the best player in the league, and sometimes he didn't make the playoffs either. Let's not, let's not forget about that. Well, let's not forget that about that. That was when he was a young buck or an old Well, well hey, or an old goal, age, man. the numbers, <laughs> hey, come on now. Come on. Jordan was still the best player in the game when he was, still didn't make the playoffs, and he still was the best player when he lost in the playoffs as well. Right. Come on, he wasn't. He wasn't. When he, he wasn't when he was thirty-seven, though. Ah, we we didn't see that though. Yep. Well, we saw LeBron drop fifty. Well, not, don't even get me started. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. No, it's I agree good. with you. It's all oh. good. I want to make yeah, the goal. If he, got, if he got the free throws, he'd all. If he got free throws that he should have gotten, he'd already have broken three. LeBron is playing with them out there, man. He's playing with them. Y- y'all see it too. Y'all see it. Well, but yeah, what. hey. I appreciate this like so much, and like I follow you guys. And you guys, like I said, you guys That's get back fun, and, yeah, and a uh, different man. perspective, and uh, you know, just the the fact that you guys took this on, I really appreciate it. And like I've been across, I mean, I've been a LeBron fan for a long time, and for you guys to take this approach and to go uh, for social me- social media like that, and I've come across many platforms. And I was like, well, these guys really know what they're talking about, and you guys keep it mature and uh, respectful and you know you guys actually bring up facts and numbers and so you guys are doing good man you got my attention well we appreciate, appreciate it and appreciate we're just it. you know if you anybody else wants out there that go ahead and be part of what we're doing just tell them to check us out and kenneth again the red carpet's open for you uh just send me again your email whenever you can and i'll be glad to go ahead and add you on the list whenever we have shows i send them out you join us when you want you don't you can't okay. don't Simple as that. I'm I'm very easy going like that. So whenever I, you know, we work around people's lifestyles. And if you ever want to join us, you can. And if you can't, that's no problem. But again, we're always better off when you can make it either in the chat or right here with us here. So we are blessed indeed to have you aboard and have Appreciate you on it. for the show. So yeah, absolutely. Kenneth, the Pelicans Kenneth. are winning. Oh, well, there you go. They're going to maybe tie up wow, the series. It's 2-2. So. It's, yeah, it's going to, us Laker fans, it's going to be a long summer. i tell you that. <laughs> well, we just watched the mini Lakers. Gosh, man. But yeah, I appreciate it. Thank Lakers you guys, play. man. And uh, well, I'll stay tuned in. You got it, my friend. Okay. Always. We truly appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kenneth. Again, keep it to us and send me that email. We want to get you on board with us so you can come on whenever you want. All right. Peace. Take care. Appreciate it. Once again, that's Kenneth Stone from our chat. Great to have him aboard. Laker Tom, been sensational. Truly blessed to go ahead and have him again on the show. But before we head on out, my friend, it's still got, again, Winning Time Episode 8. I was speaking to you as I was finishing it up on the show, well, just before we started the show. And I really think that, I think it was a filler episode because it just didn't have a lot of stuff that I think is really going to improve or be important to the narrative mm-hmm. going forward. It had a thing where Jack McKinney does come back as far as getting ready to want to go back to get cleared to go right coach the lakers again we all know that never happened and never materialized in real life paul westhead supposedly has a kidney stone problem halfway through the episode and then he's hospitalized and pat riley has to coach the team and the lakers are not successful under that that time that he's he's coaching the team so we see that and then the backstabbing takes place as far as uh, in regards to spencer haywood whether or not he will or will not get traded whether he will or will not continue to start or start or coming off the bench. That's something, again, that's played out over the course of the episode. 
the issues between Cookie and Magic Johnson. That is spelled out again because he has fathered a child reportedly, uh, you know, during the episode is reported. And then the overall thing that's going on with Jerry West, with <laughs> he comes to Magic in the later in the episode and talks to him about what he needs to focus on. And in the beginning, he's sitting in the room by himself with everybody else talking around him. And he's just sitting there with his MVP statue and ends up talking to his statue. <laughs> that was kind of funny. It is out there, but it does not make the situation with Jerry West. I think that's their answer for Jerry West and his claims to Jerry, go ahead. Jerry and, is coming off really better as the show goes on. He's and talking he to his statue. He becomes more likable and more of a more of a real. He's talking person. to a statue. It makes him look like he's loco, man. Oh come on, man! Everybody talks to themselves. You talk to I've talked to my computer. I talk to my phone. You know, everybody does that to a certain extent. Well, do you have good conversations with Siri or Alexa? Yeah, we do, but of course, I have a <laughs> granddaughter named Alexa too. So okay, Alexa well, talks. Alexa, Alexa turns herself on. Okay. The kids won't let me change the name. Otherwise, I would change it. Otherwise, well, it's you know, now it's it's in the background trying to talk right now because it go. hurt Alexa. What did you need, Tom? What did you need? But <laughs> again, it's winning time episode eight. It just felt like it's a lot yeah. of filler to extend the episodes yeah. out another episode. But it did it did set the stage for the for what a difficult situation it was with the coaching situation. Because you've got three guys involved. Jack McKinney, who's like a genius who really put it all together, but it's kind of a megalomaniac when it comes to controlling everything. And then you got Paul Westhead, who who later became a great coach at Loyola Marymount and and really had a run and gun system that was was state of the art at that point in time. Absolutely. And then you've got a young guy who finally decided that. Coaching is what he really wanted to do. A young Pat Riley, who you could see just all of a sudden getting getting balls and getting really, you know, really understanding now that, man, I have a chance to win a championship, you know? And so it's an interesting play with the three coaches and the three different motives. But they still make Westhead look like a wimp and a goof, and that's still not well, he was a little bit of a goof, you know. I mean, but as a wimp, he says, you know, they make him look cowardly. They just well, they... Paul's problem all the time was that how could you, how could a fast break coach not get along with Magic Johnson? That part I agree with you on that. I, I mean, seriously, how it ended, it you know, does not make does it's not. The, it's a prototypical example of a league that is player driven where the player makes 10 times what the coach makes. Well, he did get a chance to say a little bit, not just on the air and in interviews recently, but also he did get a chance to say, and they call me magic. He did get a chance, a little tidbit for mm-hmm. him to go ahead and say his piece on the subject of how it ended. And if you read all reports, whether it's one side or the other, it, you know, Westhead did not handle it properly. And, right. and if he could have handled it properly, maybe they would have continued together. Maybe they would have. There's lots of examples. Pops, Pops and Kawhi. You know, there's yeah. all these examples of situations. But it, it, Westhead was being stubborn. But the yeah. way they portray him on the show, I still have a great okay. offense to. And West, I again, it looks makes him look well, know, he, crazier he, and crazier. He obviously comes off as, as, especially compared to Jack's, Jack's 
you know, Jack comes off really mean and Paul comes off as a wimp. You're right. Yeah. And that's the part that's not, that's not fair. And, and that's not even close to being representative of the truth. Well, they didn't even acknowledge his previous years as a coach on the show. They just called him a professor, which is not entirely true. Yeah, listen, I remember I remember press conferences and stuff. I remember little comments where he's always trying to trying to pull the Shakespeare stuff and so forth. And I read I all sorts of that. stories about that. I um, understand that, but he, I'm saying that they didn't even acknowledge his coach. They're, they were saying that he they alluded to or they made you think that he had he not was an had academic any man. That was the problem. But he he did coach at St. Joe's for seven plus years and went to the NCAA. And I loved him. I loved him at at, at Loyola. He he was terrific at Loyola. That was the best. The most great job recruiting. He had Gathers and lots all sorts of Gathers. Yes, Gathers and Kimball. Yes, the most fun team of college basketball ever, ever in history of college basketball. That was and and he won a championship as coach of the Lakers. And he also won a WNBA championship as right. well to showcase that he could actually coach a winning team. But yeah, that neither again this this episode wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was just well, how many episodes are we? Were that was eight out of how many do we get ten. total? Ten. So we only season. have two more left. Yes, two more left. But so we're going to end up with what? Just winning a championship, and that's it. That's probably it. Yeah, and going into the next we're not going to get. Program. We're not going to. So we're not going to see. We're not going to see Riley in the new hairdo till next season. Most likely not. But I do. Well, you actually did in a dream sequence because he imagined himself already slicking the hair back. Already. Oh, did he? Yeah. There's a little quick scene of. Yeah. There's a little. He's looking. Oh, in the there was mirror. a little quick scene at the start. He's looking quickly in the mirror, and it shows him. Right. It was part head. of the. It was part of the intro when I skip every time. Yeah. So, but I will say yeah, I that, that before we that. head on out, I will say this was a filler episode, but with a big but. That intro before you get to the opening credits with John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, that is one of the best opening monologues yep. I have ever seen in my life. That is really, truly a great way to start that episode. It was a freeze frame of a Koopa Loop, and in it, he's philosophizing and telling you the story and relating it to the, how the human condition and how humans always set a limit. And they don't believe that they can go through those limits. And he talks about how Roger Bannister did something that no one had done for thousands of years right. that no one thought could be done as far as it's going. It's a lot under different than a whole out. bunch of a whole bunch of cardboard houses holding up a franchise that you bought without almost totally on credit. Yeah, but <laughs> the way they did it, they had the freeze frame, and he's walking through, and he's taking the beer, and he's you know got the stove. He's got. Again, talking to me, talking to the talking to the audience directly is a is a genius move. If it's there's one so Jerry West, it's so if there, it's so Jerry Bust. Yes. If there's one performance, again, I and I told everybody last week on the show about variety and how they're handicapping him to be in the top. He's right now in the top ten running as far as an Emmy and nomination is concerned. I think that he is very much very much in that mix i really am enjoying his performance a lot i really do agree that he has nailed the dr jerry bus persona there's also an issue during the show where he talks about his mother and her failing health right. we don't know about how that that took place again a lot of this is they're taking creative liberties right. like they did with paul westhead you know who i don't think ever actually set out a game was from what there was rumors that he was hospitalized and 
they don't didn't actually it was, they were never substantiated so that they again took creative liberties with this with this episode not as big as if they did like last week but still john c Riley's performance has been throughout one of the best reasons why you want to watch winning time and last but not least on this episode i don't know whether it's because of controversy or whether people are just enjoying it again the episode itself last week's episode garnered 1.4 million viewers on hbo max it's one of the most popular shows that they have and they, it's actually improving with the past three weeks it's actually a, a done i think about 56 percent above Thank what you, jerry the, west <laughs> well 50 yeah exactly 56 percent above what the premiere did as far as number of in ratings so just putting in perspective people are not tuning out of winning time they're actually tuning in more and more so that's already reason why it's been renewed for season two so if you have thoughts out there on winning time episode eight or the series as a whole we'd love to hear it we'll relate it on the show please let us know lakers fast break at yahoo.com but before we head on out my friend wanted to go ahead and give everybody an update on the nba playoffs as it were and you are right the New Orleans Pelicans are giving the Suns all the trouble in the world. They've tied up the series two to two, and there's a lot still going on there. Milwaukee, they won earlier today handily in Chicago. That series, even without Chris Middleton, is all but over because of the fact you don't go and win on the opposite team's court twice and not win that series. So I think we can pretty much say Milwaukee's ready to move on. Golden State did lose. They just barely lost to Denver. It was tied up 121 to 121, and they had come back from a double-digit deficit and looked like all the momentum was on their side, but Denver did pull it out. Jokic had 37 points, really solid performance from him, but he got the support, what he needed, but I don't think he's going to get the support another three times as he has to, (laughs) especially the fact that it's going back to Golden State. Miami in that series, they're, as I told you, Laker Tom, the reason why you might not, you might want to start looking towards Atlanta as a trade partner, a possible trade partner, is the fact that Miami destroyed Atlanta in Atlanta today, 110 to 86. They lead three games to one. That series is all but over, heading back to Miami. And then, of course, we know about Phoenix and New Orleans tied 2 2. So, that series is pretty much uh, well underway. It's a best of three, and you don't have Devin Booker. Wes, before we get into the other series, what are your thoughts on this Phoenix-New Orleans matchup? I still think Phoenix in the long run is going to win out, but it looks like it may even go seven. There's a lot of young talent on the New Orleans team. I was really surprised at how well some of the players are playing whom – weren't even counted on at the beginning of the season. There was a period of time where everybody thought that that Griffin really had lost it, but now we're starting to see some, I mean, I watched, I, I just saw a clip of what, while you were talking, I was watching another clip where Alvarez just picked the pocket of CP3 to since the game, man. I yeah. mean, they had, they've got some, they've got some players that are good and Booker, Booker is, a lot to lose, you know. It's kind of funny. It it reminds me a lot, and so far it's following the exact same script as when Anthony Davis got injured in the first round last year. With the we games, all what, okay. we all know what happened then. 
yes, three we straight do. games, and the series was over four to two. We all know what's going on, though, when it comes to some of the other series. But let me give you an update just in case you don't. The Raptors pulled out a victory on Saturday. They're three down, three games to one. This series is all but over. It looks like a gentleman's sweep as they head back to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, for the most part, in the most of the series has looked pretty good. James Harden been a source of conversation whether or not he's going to give you enough going forward. But yesterday, 22 points in the losing effort, so maybe he'll get back on track. But the Raptors have to play above their heads for the next three games. And I don't think you're going to get another three games like they got on Saturday. The series that is really just all over the place is the jazz and Mavericks. Luka Doncic came back, but Josh Powell blew, absolutely blew two free throws at the end. Plus Spencer Dinwiddie missed a three pointer. They had every chance in the world to go ahead and take that game and they blew it. So they're down two. they're actually tied two games to two heading back to Dallas. Celtics and the Nets, this is what we talked about earlier with Kenneth Stone. Celtics, their commanding lead, 3-0. to zero, So I think that series is all but over. And I know there's going to be a lot of questions in Brooklyn like they are for the Lakers heading into an early summer for them. So I know there's going to be a lot of discussion there. Something to be said wrong. that your regular season really does say what kind of team you have. It does indeed. And you know what, Raphael and I, at the very beginning, we did our season predictions and we both predicted Brooklyn and Lakers in the finals. And so know, both, we're both looking pretty bad right Lakers now. Lakers traded for Westbrook because of Brooklyn having a big three. Yeah, well, look how that worked out. So for yep, both these look teams. Look how that worked out. Yeah. But the last but not least is a very fun series, Memphis and Minnesota. Minnesota tied up the game with a very exciting 119-118 victory over Memphis. That was a great game if anybody got a chance to watch it last night. It's a great if this even the Lakers been out of it. It I didn't even really want to watch the playoffs. Oh, it's been fun. But I've been, been, but I've been lured into some great games. Yes. The Memphis, Minnesota, the Utah Dallas series. series. I mean, and then today there's there was what went on with, with New Orleans and Phoenix. Some really great stuff that's happening there. Do you think the when it comes to any of these series that are tied, Utah and Dallas, Minnesota and Memphis, do you think the underdog has a chance? I think if any team has a chance of these underdogs. Who do you I'm consider gonna, the underdog? Well, okay, the ranked teams as far as Mavericks are the number four seed, the Jazz are number five, the Grizzlies are Mavericks the number two win. series. Mavericks will win. I, th- I think the Mavericks will pull it out. I think if any team can pull out the upset of these two-to-two two ties, I think it could be the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves, if they get hot shooting, they're really tough to stop. I'm not going to say that they the, should be the favorite, but I really think of any of those two-to-two two teams with the underdog, I really, you know, like between New Orleans, Utah, and, and Minnesota, I really think that Minnesota might have the best chance to go ahead and pull it off. Ant is really a player yes. to watch out for. Yeah. Yes. And so I think they have a chance with him. I still think, I still, th- I still do really like Memphis a lot as a team. And I think they're going to pull that out. I actually think that the team that has a real shot at it is the Pelicans because th- nobody really expects that they're going to do anything. And yet they've, it's a lot harder in my mind to come back from two to one than it is to get to two to one. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, teams when you're down two to one, usually the better team will take you to three to one. And yeah. the fact that the Pelicans were able to tie it, and 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 then you have to say the same thing to a certain extent about the Timberwolves because I didn't expect the Timberwolves to be able to hang with uh, with such a such a solid team as Memphis. It's just really surprised. So great first round playoffs, man. What else can yeah. you say? Absolutely, indeed. But if you have thoughts on the NBA playoffs, let us know. At Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, at Laker Tom on Twitter, or the best places to go for all your Lakers needs. Lakersball.com is a great place to go, but also the great articles from Lakerholics.com. Our good friend Jamie Sweet, who couldn't make it tonight, Joe Soro at Lakersball.com. Hoping everything's okay there. Hopefully, we'll see him later this week. Big shout out once again to Kenneth Stone. Big shout out again to Laker Tom at Laker Tom on Twitter. Want to thank everybody for watching and listening that stopped by in the Lakers groups. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. And big shout out, especially as always, to the YouTube followers and YouTube viewers. You guys have been great on the comments. I love going ahead and hearing your thoughts. We try to answer them as best we can as well. Cannot thank you enough. This is going to go up, and I know there's going to be some people there. Howard Hill, also as well, petting my cat. They've been great on the chat. Everybody else that's out there, cannot thank you enough for going ahead and sharing your thoughts and watching us right there at the Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. But we will be back later this week. Going to drop another episode Wednesday night as far as on the Facebook on Lakers Fast Break. But you'll get to catch it everywhere late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning as we talk about more NBA playoffs and more great stuff happening in the world of the Lakers right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.